Welcome to the Washington Ethical Society. I am Brian Pashigian and my pronouns are he, him, and I'm the officiant today. Here at the Washington Ethical Society, we value the inherent worth of every person. And as an expression of our values, we're practicing caution and presenting today's platform completely on Zoom. Platform attendance will be online for at least the rest of January. Whether you are watching the recording later or live on Zoom, it is good to connect across time and space. If you are joining live on Zoom, please say hello in the chat. Having your chat set for everyone will give everyone else in the uh, Zoom a chance to see your greetings. You're welcome to say hello whenever, uh, whether you're a brand new visitor, a longtime member, a neighbor from another ethical society or Unitarian Universalist congregation, or a person who is not in any of these categories. There's also a closed captioning option on Zoom that can be turned on or off. The chat will stay open through much of the platform service, closing for the address itself and then reopening. Visitors, we hope you'll say hello in the chat and that you might send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, at maceot at ethicalsociety.org. If you are a visitor watching this recording later, this invitation is for you as well. You can fill out a connection form at tiny.cc slash westconnects. I'll now read a few of the greetings that folks have written into the chat. While I'm doing that, you might wanna get a candle to light during our candle lighting. All right, folks, good morning. Let's see. All right, good morning, we've got Let's see. Maceo, Adam, good morning, good morning. Judy, thanks for being our Zoom usher this morning, Judy. Um, good morning, Jeff and Donna. Good morning, Sue Smith, Rajesh, uh, greetings uh, to you as well. And good morning, Susan. So good to see everyone. Adya, um, Trang, good morning. Lynn, Brian and Lynn. Um, it's, I, it's fun to come into the chat and see all the hellos and good mornings. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Julia, brand new visitor and I'm excited to join you all. Glad you're here with us. And good morning, Shirley, Christine. And uh, yep, oh, good reminder from Judy, just that you're saying hello, go ahead and click that um, saying hi to everyone, uh, selecting that message to everyone so we can say all say hello. Good morning, Lauren. And uh, let's see, Cynthia. Emily, let me see if I can get all the names here for the good mornings. And uh, Perry, Sarah Morris, and um, Busola. I apologize if anybody's name I'm getting wrong. I tend to do that often. Um, good morning, Wayne. And um, I am, uh, so I had, the last time I officiated, I was, we were in person. And so we're back on Zoom, but I got my warm coffee and um, we might actually have less technical problems completely on Zoom today, although knock on wood, than uh, some of the live streaming we've been doing from the hall, but it's been fun no matter what it's been. Oh, Ellicott City, good morning, Laura. Yes, if you're a local, right, the weather has been wild, snow days, lots of fun. Uh, I guess fun is relative. <laughs> good morning, Levy, and um, let's see, uh, we'll probably get started here in just a minute. It's a good time to um, it's so good to connect and share this time together in these mornings. Um, once you're prepared, I invite you to settle in wherever you are as we continue to gather.
Oh, good morning, Joe. And Alex. All right. Our opening words this morning are by Howard Thurman. Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve that in good times or in tempests, I may not forget that to which my life is committed. Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. We begin our platform with music from our interim music coordinator, Leah Morris. Freedom is my birthright. Freedom is my birthright. I was born in freedom. I will grow in freedom. I claim my freedom now. Freedom is my birthright. Freedom is my birthright. Freedom is my birthright. Freedom is my Freedom is your birthright. Freedom is my birthright. Freedom is your Welcome once again. Each week, we read our statement of purpose as a reminder of our shared values. If you're interested in taking a turn to read the statement of purpose, you can sign up at tiny.cc slash read SOP. You can record a video of yourself reading the statement of purpose if that works better for you, or you can present 
the statement of purpose alongside us as we broadcast live. If you're relatively new to the community or haven't been as active lately, it's an easy way to introduce or reintroduce yourself. Adam Briskin Limehouse is our reader today. Adam, the microphone is yours. Thank you, Brian. So, reading our statement of purpose today, the Washington Ethical Society is a humanistic congregation that affirms the worth of every person. We strive through our relationships to elicit the best in the human spirit. With faith in human goodness, we appreciate each person's unique capacities. We joyfully celebrate together and support each other through life. We nurture a sense of reverence and responsibility for each other and the earth. We warmly invite you to join our community of children and adults as we work for a world where love and justice cross all borders. Thank you, Adam, and, and everyone there. If you have a candle at home, I invite you to light it now as I share our candle lighting words. May we kindle within us the warmth of compassion, the light of understanding, and the fire of commitment to build a brighter future for all. Today's platform is about staying committed to our values. Today's story has something to say about that. Thanks, Brian. Hello, I'm Lynn Cox. My pronouns are they, them. I'm the interim leader here at the Washington Ethical Society. I've adapted today's story from a beloved book by Ruth Krauss, The Carrot Seed, first published in 1945. In the original book, there are illustrations by Crockett Johnson of Harold and the Purple Crayon fame. I don't know if a story happened exactly this way, but I believe it's true. A kid planted a carrot seed. One of the kid's parents said, I'm afraid it won't come up. And one of the kid's grandparents said, I'm afraid it won't come up. And the kid's older sibling said, it won't come up. But every day, the kid pulled up the weeds around the seed and sprinkled the ground with water. But nothing came up. And nothing came up. Everyone kept saying it wouldn't come up. But the kid still pulled up the weeds around it every day and sprinkled the ground with water. And then one day, a carrot came up, just as the kid had known that it would. As we consider the tools and the support we need to stick to things that are important to us, let's enter into the centering time of our platform. Each week, we ring this chime in solidarity with people around the world. Today, I am particularly mindful of the recent anniversary of the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. As we listen to the chime, let us remember our connection to each other and the world around us. Let us open our hearts 
to compassion for those who suffer. And let us commit ourselves to the work that calls for our love. we continue our centering time, I invite you to take a breath that's nourishing for your body. Attend to the feeling of your in-breath, your pause, your out-breath. Open your mind and heart and body to being present in this very moment. If it helps you to find your center, you may want to adjust your posture to a position that is attentive yet at ease, stable and flexible. Observe in your body, in your mind, in your immediate surroundings, in your life in this moment, one thing that brings you peace or contentment. Maybe it's a feeling of ease in your body where you have healed or a feeling of discomfort that lets you know your body is doing the work of healing. Maybe you can see or hear or feel a plant or an animal near you whose life enriches your own. Maybe you observe that you are able to draw breath. Maybe you notice that you're able to participate in or struggle with this meditation. And you find that simply being alive to do that is a gift. Focus on one thing that brings you peace, or contentment. That one thing is a seed. Hold your seed of peace in your mind and heart. Perhaps you have cultivated that seed from the blossoming of your life so far. Perhaps this seed has come to you unexpectedly. Perhaps you received it from someone, a gift or a legacy. By whatever means your seed of peace came to you, send loving kindness back into the interdependent web. Hold your seed of peace in your mind and heart. The experience you are holding brings something valuable to this very moment. The contentment you find emanates from it and helps open more channels of loving kindness to you and from you. Yet this very moment is always changing. Rain and snow and ice and fog are constantly rising and falling. We are constantly becoming different people as our relationships and our environment and our inner thoughts move at different rates. And so your seed of peace has potential for change within it. What will you do with this seed? We may find a seed of peace or contentment, small things that deepen our experience of life for just the space of one breath. Let us cultivate those seeds by noticing them, by responding to peace with loving kindness, by letting those seeds fall into the soil of a life prepared to grow peace. 
Let us be mindful of the seeds of peace around us and within us and among us. We continue our meditation in silence and in the music that follows. Hello, hello, my name is Leah Morris and I'm so glad that you joined me at this channel where my intention is to share music and messages that are meaningful to me and hopefully give us greater opportunity to connect. So in this song, I'm gonna invite you to sing along. It's a simple chant, the words by Rumi and the melody by Elisa S. Keeler, and it comes uh, with an invitation to engage your entire body in the singing with mudras, light surrounds me, light above me, light within me, shining through me. So if you have the space and you're so inclined, why not get your entire body involved in singing this song? Light surrounds me, light above me, light within me, shining through me. Light surrounds me, light above me, light within me, shining through me. Light surrounds me, light above me, light within me, shining through me. Light surrounds me, light above me, light within me, shining through me. Light surrounds me, light Light 
if you haven't heard uh, my chant, Honor the Dark, this song was, this chant inspired Honor the Dark. And so they are two parts of one message, of one coin, of one offering. Light in all we do, honoring the dark in all we do and experience. Um, if you haven't heard that song before, I'll put a link in the chat below and link to uh, Elisa's original recording of this song as well. I hope you enjoy this and have an opportunity to share it. I'll see you again soon. Four days into the new year, our church flooded. All week I had been writing a sermon about New Year's resolutions. It was a good sermon, a little scientific, maybe. It was all about how our brains worked and how that makes New Year's resolutions hard to keep. There was a nod to Buddhism and the practice of mindfulness, some recommendations by psychologists and a life coach about making small steps towards big changes. A good, strong ending. Then the church flooded. In the following days, a steady stream of volunteers came to see how we were doing and how they could help. We rummaged through closets and cabinets, sorting out what was waterlogged and what was salvageable. We spent hours on the phone with the insurance company. We taped off what wasn't safe. I'll admit that at times, the enormity of the situation before me got overwhelming. The sheer amount of mud and trash and soggy cardboard boxes was just too much. And as I dried out soggy marriage licenses and threw away dear mementos, I did get sad. But all week I had been researching how to keep a New Year's resolution. And the advice began sounding in my ear. Turns out it holds just as true for floods as resolutions. Do not let yourself be overwhelmed by the enormity of the goal or task. Just take the next small step. Do not let your emotions hook you. Use mindfulness to detach from the task before you and will realize, and you will realize that flossing your teeth does not have to be arduous. Throwing things out does not have to be devastating. These can be neutral activities. They can even be joyous. Taken one small step at a time, goals can be reached. Insurance policies can be navigated a challenge can become an opportunity. Slowly the flood became an opportunity to clean out our junk, to become more selective about what we keep, to rebuild smarter and to store things higher. It was an opportunity to take stock of what was really important to us, which turned out not to be things. I ended up scrapping my sermon that Sunday, but that good strong ending that I had written earlier in the week still held. So I ended my new sermon with that. I saw a cartoon the other day that I loved. In the first frame, one person asked the other, why so optimistic about the new year? What do you think it will bring? Everything seems so messed up. The second person answered, I think it will bring flowers. Yeah, how come? The asked the first person. And the second person who was on her hands and knees in the dirt answered, because I'm planting flowers. We don't know everything that the new year holds, but some of what we can expect is based on the seeds we are sowing now that will continue, that will come to flower and bear fruit in time. May this year be full of flowers.
May it be a year of resolutions, of communities coming together in hard times of weathering storms and floods and personal hurts. May it be a year in which we always remember that our best treasures are each other. Happy New Year. Thanks, Brian. Well, some of us have made New Year's resolutions. Some of us didn't. Some of us made them and haven't quite kept up. Some of us have taken the opportunity of a fresh page on the calendar to recommit to an intention we set long ago. Every day is an opportunity to strengthen our resolve. Whether our resolutions, our goals for the day, for this new year, or lifelong values, sometimes it helps to step back and imagine all of the different possibilities that people around us might bring to this moment. And not just people. Janelle Shane, who is the futurist in residence for the month of January at the Smithsonian Arts and Industry Building, wondered what kind of resolutions an artificial intelligence might come up with. Shane needed resource material or source material for the resolution generator to work with. And she writes, I decided to use GPT-3, which is how people tend to refer to a group of large text generating AI models that OpenAI trained on a huge collection of internet text. News articles, food blogs, social media spam, it's all in there somewhere including plenty of times people have talked about their own New Year's resolutions. Given one, give one of the larger GPT-3 models, for example, DaVinci, the very largest, the beginning of a list of New Year's resolutions, and since its job is to predict what text comes next, it'll generally add more resolutions to the list. Shane goes on to describe how she worked with the AI to come up with resolutions that at least sounded like something a person might say feeding the AI some specific human-generated resolutions to start with changed the path of the results. And here's just a few of the ones that the AI generated. Leave all the Christmas trees up and then paint them as cubist art. Eat nothing but broccoli and paint everything broccoli related. Grow broccoli and paint broccoli. Make broccoli the national currency and then paint that. Shane continues, you can see how this goes. Each of da Vinci's predictions feeds forward into the future and, become, and can become self-reinforcing obsessions. I found that I could shape da Vinci's list by choosing a point to cut it off, deleting the end, and then having da Vinci try to generate the list again. In that way, one resolution or two at a time, I could build up a list of resolutions that, if not exactly advisable, were at least interesting. Lick a branch of a tree and repeat it every day for a year. Walk down my block backwards, looking over my shoulder. Every time I am alone in the dark, I will eat an apple. Shane describes a process of deleting and then restarting the list when the AI veered into things that were harmful or mean or gloomy. It is possible to manage the data you feed to your artificial intelligence, as well as your own human intelligence. She said she ended up deleting about 10 times as many resolutions as she kept in a process she described as pruning. Shane observed, it began to feel like a metaphor for life choices. Become the kind of person who spends a year licking trees and eating apples in the dark, and who knows what you'll be doing next. And that to me is the real gift in what Janelle Shane has offered with this project. The pruning she describes, isn't that the point of resolutions or personal goals or daily intentions? 
we choose the material we draw from, improvise with, and create new meaning out of. Whatever we created yesterday goes back into our minds and hearts to become the raw material for the meaning we will create tomorrow. If you'd like to try out the resolution generator for yourself, check out the homepage for the Smithsonian Arts and Industry Building on a desktop browser. You'll need to have pop-up blockers turned off and look for the cheerful green circle in the lower right of your screen. What we pay attention to helps shape our thoughts. What we focus on feeds back in and shapes what we can pay even more attention to. There is a folk story about this. I'm informed in my retelling of it by a version that our interim music coordinator, Leah Morris, tells. The song she prepared for response music a little later relates to this tale. I don't know if the story happened exactly this way, but I believe it's true. Once there were two cousins. One was a city cousin, someone familiar with the hustle and bustle of an urban environment. The other cousin was from the countryside, more familiar with a rural way of being. On this particular day, the cousins found themselves together in a city. They were walking along, surrounded by the sound of footsteps and wheelchair whooshes of the people around them on the sidewalk, by honking cars in the street, by conversations in the shops and the cafes nearby. And amid all of that noise, the country cousin said, oh, hey, do you hear that? There's a cricket singing its song. And the city cousin said, no way, there is not a cricket in the middle of the city and definitely not one you can hear. Before long, they came across a little tree and a big cement planter outside of a shop and on a leaf of the tree, there was a cricket singing its song. The city cousin was impressed and wondered if people in the country had better hearing. The country cousin decided to try an experiment and took out a change purse and dropped a few coins on the sidewalk. And all of the passers-by turned to follow the sound of a few small coins in the middle of a noisy city. It seemed that on that day, that the key to perception had to do with what we train ourselves to notice. Whether we're asking questions with machines or folktales, what we focus on seems to have a big effect on us. Maybe we can think of resolutions not as behavioral goals, but as ways of focusing our attention. Setting intentions for a period of time trains us to listen, look, feel for something in particular, something we hope will inspire us to ethical living and help us humanize the spaces we inhabit. Once we set an intention, part of the work is to continue to cultivate the input that goes back into our minds and hearts to prune the data set that influences our intelligence. Mindfulness can help us a bit, giving us some tools to handle our own negative thoughts or overwhelming emotions. But we also need some help with input that comes from outside. In The Carrot Seed by Ruth Krauss, the kid who plants the seed is surrounded by people who predict failure. At least some of these people are supposed to be people who love this kid, people who want the best for this kid. And we can imagine that some of these negative voices are trying to soften the blow of potential disappointment to help the kid not get too attached to uncertain outcomes. Yet predictions in this case don't seem to help. We might imagine that being surrounded by these well-meaning doomsayers could lead to internalized voices of pessimism. So in feeding intelligence, we wanna be careful what input we're offering to others as well as ourselves. 
In the story, the kid doesn't get hooked by negativity. The kid simply pulls up weeds every day and sprinkles the ground with water. I'm reminded of the Zen cone, chop wood, carry water. Daily mindful practice persists before and after enlightenment. The kid's focus stays on that moment, on the task that is in front of them, not on the predictions being made around them. We don't get to hear too much about the kids' internal process during the gardening season. Maybe they had doubts that they didn't speak out loud or they didn't let those doubts become the center of their focus. Maybe the kid could hear the love that was tangled up in the negativity. Maybe not. We are told when the carrot came up that the kid had known all along that it would. Confidence about outcomes can be one way of resisting negativity or letting go of the outcome. Personally, I'm not sure how that would work, but I have definitely seen other people benefit from confidence. Another option is to separate the outcome from the current task, from the experience of this very moment. As Kate Wilkinson says, don't get overwhelmed by the enormity of your goal. Just take the next small step. Don't focus on the predictions outside or the, or the doubts or impatience inside. Just pull up weeds and sprinkle the ground with water. One of the things that's interesting to me about the story is that it's about a carrot, not a bean or a cabbage or a bunch of Swiss chard. First of all, carrot seeds are, are very small, smaller even than a, a lot of common garden seeds. Let me see if I can show you some. Those are carrot seeds. That's actually kind of a lot of carrot seeds. In the original illustrations by Crockett Johnson, the eventual resulting carrot is outlandishly large, bigger than the child. But even a normal sized carrot is enormous compared to a carrot seed, which is teeny tiny. I think there is something in this story about sticking to your intentions when you know that unusual things can sprout from very small seeds. Maybe it helps to be a small person, to be in a phase of your life when you can notice yourself learning new things and growing in a short space of time. Events that seem unlikely are actually possible. In our quest to stay committed to our values, to our goals, to our intentions, part of the daily practice is to be a person who learns, be a person who commits and experiences and notices transformation. That will make it easier to believe the very unlikely prospect of a tiny carrot seed becoming a full-size vegetable or whatever intention we've planted in the soil of our consciousness. When we practice and notice transformation, it is easier to believe that transformation is possible. Another interesting thing about carrots is that they really do take a long time to grow, anywhere from 60 to 80 days from planting to harvest. It's actually what makes them a good choice for the little patch of garden that kids help with because kids can do the exciting part of planting the seeds and paying attention to the ground for a few days and then forget all about it for a few weeks. Now someone needs to make sure there's enough water but not too much and someone needs to make sure the sprout gets some sun but really the hardest discipline is to leave the carrot alone. As the person who has been the adult in this scenario, letting the carrot grow to its full size is much harder when I'm sitting there waiting for it. 
Now, when I take a break from worrying about it for a few days and come back for a little visit to water and weed, the carrot is just fine. Transformation is possible, given some patience. As we cultivate our intentions for the coming days, weeks, year, or beyond, some of the wisdom is letting things take a long time. We don't need overnight delivery on enlightenment. It's okay to be a beginner, to take pleasure in the vibrant greens and the soft tufts of the first carrot sprouts, to celebrate millimeters of new height over weeks. I have quoted to you before one of my favorite quotes from the Talmud, that the work will not be completed in your lifetime, but neither are you free to desist from it. It's okay if we don't get the outcome. One more thing I'll say about carrots is that how we prepare the soil matters. The type of seed matters too, but with genetics and weather conditions being equal, the condition and chemistry of the soil makes the difference between microgreens and large straight roots fit for a cartoon rabbit. You need the right balance of nutrients and acidity, and you really need soil that is loose, not too heavy, and free from rocks and the roots of other plants. Despite the negativity of the taller people, I wonder if the kid in the story of the carrot seed benefited from someone who came before, someone who prepared the ground to make ready for the time when a seed of intention would be planted. In communities such as this one, practices like serving in leadership, small gestures of care and concern, investing the time, talent, and treasure you have available, and simply showing up are the equivalent of preparing the ground. We need to create the garden to loosen the soil, to create the space, to set up the trellises that will support seeds of hope that haven't yet been planted. We have our individual intentions and those matter. Each of us is called to humanize the spaces we find ourselves in. Yet we also have intentions as a community, ways we can channel our collective energy toward deeper ethics and broader justice in the world. We do this not only for ourselves, but for the gardeners to come. Putting it all together, there are a few things we know about the practices that help us stick to our intentions. First, pay attention to the data set that is feeding your intelligence. Prune the messages that you're giving to yourself and practice reinforcement of what gives you life and hope. Second, train your perceptions to pick up on the things that are important to you and to let go of the things that don't support your values. You can listen for crickets or coins or cousins. Notice what it is that you're noticing. Third, pay more attention to what's before you than to the enormity of the goal or the universality of the value. The big picture can inspire, yet pulling weeds and sprinkling the ground with water is what we can do right now. Value this moment the moment when you can choose to take action or to bask in the beauty of the work in progress. Fourth, include in your intentions, your relatedness to the people and the earth around you, now and in the future. We are creating a circle for new life and new surprises, the seeds of intentions from flowers yet to bloom. Practices that create depth and possibility for others may not be glamorous, yet they are the same practices from the past that made a place for us 
to gather in growth and learning today. With mindfulness, with love, with mutual care, let us keep fresh before us the moments of our high resolve. May it be so. After some music, we'll have community sharing time when you can write into the chat about what resonated with you in this platform. In this time between, you might prepare for community sharing by reflecting on a personal experience or an activity at West that illustrates the values that we're lifting up today. As we contemplate rest and reflect, let us experience the beauty of the musical response. This is the time when we add our own voices to the morning, sharing our reflections on the platform and what resonates in our own lives. I invite you to share in the chat, in the Zoom chat, if you're joining us live or in the comments if you're watching the recording later. I already saw some comments coming in. Let me see, Vincent sharing. Lynn, you will never know how much I got out of the story of the country and city cousins. It helped remind me of what I knew but had forgotten. And uh, Hadia um, sharing, I covered climate change and it's so easy to be discouraged. Thank you so much for this platform. Judy, good reminder on setting, every, uh, 
chat message to everyone so we can see it and the uh, New Year's resolution generator. That thing sounded fun. I'm gonna definitely try that myself. All right, Laura Taylor, let's see. Shameless plug, all right, let's see. I have have been working on my resolution. My, my small seed was my daughter. She's convinced me to co-found a hand up support services, her dream to help our unhoused neighbors. We've begun and we are learning lots about both business and the people we are beginning to serve. I invite you to watch and help us grow. We have information about us and our projects at ahuss.org. All right, thanks for sharing. Justine Johnson, Lynn, appreciate your inspirational sharing. Encouraged to overcome my skepticism about the world around me. Thank you. Um, and um, let's see. Oh, I appreciate, all right. Um, Let's see, Trang, Lynn, I'm so grateful for the inspiration and reminder to just take the next best step, pruning the messages. I got a lot out of today's platform. Laura Steele, I learned many, many years ago that when we get our, uh, attached to the outcome, we may be setting ourselves up for disappointment. When we stay focused on now, it is way more rewarding and meaningful. And Lauren sharing, I felt so sad when the family members were discouraging the child before the growing process even began. Such a good reminder as a parent, for how I want to be with my kids. And yes, I do, Lauren. <laughs> um, let's see, Margaret, um, always love the gardening metaphors, especially in the midst of winter. That's a good point uh, to be reminding uh, that things are still growing and love the seed of contentment prompt during meditation. Great reminder for now. And um, let's see. Um, Gonna go ahead and let uh, another minute or two go um, with some of the chat messages if we have any more. It's been a lovely morning listening to Leah's music and Lynn's platform. Um, I always love the reflections after too as we all kind of process the great messages. Um, all right, and uh, we're gonna share um, one of the comments I think I read just went you know, we wanted to get it out to everyone. Uh, and let's see. All right. All right, Judy sharing, um, chop wood, carry water, something I really appreciate. And um, let's see, Perry sharing, I'm reminded of the lyrics to the song, You Must Believe in Spring, with a link there. So that's, uh, that's something we'll definitely have to take a look at and listen to. I trust Perry on the music front. <laughs> All right, folks. Um, thank you for those comments and please keep sharing and continuing in the chat um, as, as we're finishing up announcements and different uh, information. And certainly we look forward to talking together in our virtual coffee hour after the platform. All right. Um, Just as we share our perspectives um, in this community, so too do we share our resources and gifts. Here at WES, uh, we split the Sunday collection between our operating budget and a fund dedicated to justice and compassion. This month, half of the offering is dedicated to the Leaders Caring Fund. The Leaders Caring Fund is a grant-making fund set aside for people within the WES community who are experiencing a crisis. Members can apply for grants from this fund up to one per family per year. Grants 
from the Leaders Caring Fund have been used for medical bills, keeping the heat on, helping a family stay housed in similar emergencies. Your generous gift to the Leaders Caring Fund will make a concrete difference in someone's life, perhaps someone close to you at West. It is good to be part of a community where we can help each other in this way. On the slide, you'll see the number to give by text, and, uh, which is 202-335-1885. And you can also make a gift online to the donate button on our website at ethicalsociety.org. Thank you for your generosity. We'll now receive your gifts and the musicians' gifts of music. Joe, you're right on. I feel like my foot's tapping with that one. Um, thank you so much to the many people who helped create this morning's time together. Thank you to our musicians, including Use of Silver Spring, Ease Jamie Jams, and Interim Music Coordinator Leah Morris. Thank you to Maceo Thomas, our Membership Coordinator. Thank you to John and Abby Dakin, um, who created our slides. And I saw that note uh, of appreciation to those slides as well. In the, in the chat, and to Robin Kravitz for communication support. Thank you to Joe London for hosting the upcoming virtual coffee hour. Thank you to Zoom usher Judy Myers, and thank you to tech host Michael Dimian with help from John Pfeiffer. And uh, at the conclusion of the platform, please join us for um, our coffee hour. It's one of the fun things we get to do, even though we're virtual again, um, it's nice to catch up with everybody together. Once we're in the coffee hour space, we'll divide into breakout groups for small social chatting. Um, to get to the coffee hour after closing words, point your browser to tiny.cc slash West Coffee Hour. So this Zoom meeting will end and we'll, that's a different um, uh, meeting that we'll use for that. Thanks also to those who are leading and supporting our, our work in the weeks to come. You can find information about opportunities to connect in the Sunday links or news and notes emails. Here's some of the latest news. All right, Sunday Ethical Education for Kids, otherwise known as SEEK, is moving many operations to Zoom in light of the current wave of COVID cases. 
Next week, January 16th, the pre-K to second grade class will meet by Zoom and the high school youth group will meet by Zoom. Both of these are at 10.30 a.m. At the same time as platform, there is not yet a decision about our classes for the rest of January, so stay tuned. Please watch your email and seek Facebook groups for updates. For um, all age groups, please be sure your family is registered. If you aren't already receiving the SEEK newsletter, please contact Ndara Miles. And um, we've got some of the contact information coming into the chat. For uh, those folks, make sure you stay connected. Today at 1 p.m., the biology reading group is scheduled to meet by Zoom. Contact Paul Baker for, for more information about the biology reading group. The next platform will be Sunday, January 16th. Interim leader Lynn Cox will speak about Dr. King's letter from a Birmingham jail and how it continues to have relevance in our work for uh, racial justice. We hope you'll join us on January 16th at 10.30 and by Zoom. And uh, thanks, Judy, for throwing all those links in the chat. Uh, for one more update, here's a video from Susan Runner on behalf of the Leader Search Committee. Good morning, Wes. We have a brief update from the Leader Search Committee. We are happy to report that our search has attracted interest from a number of qualified applicants with varied backgrounds and experiences. We are at the beginning of the process of mutual discernment, and that process will occupy us for the next few months, during which we will have no further updates. We hope to have a candidate to present to you for a week of platforms, get-togethers, etc. in late April. Thanks again for your interest and support and your patience as we go underground. Thank you to Susan and to all the hardworking members of the Leader Search Committee. We'll look forward to hearing from them again in April. For now, let's enjoy our closing song of the month. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. One foot, one foot, a one foot, one foot, one foot, a one foot, one foot, one foot. A one foot lead with love. One foot, one foot, a one foot, one foot, one foot, a one foot, one foot, one foot, one foot, a one foot lead with love. One foot, one foot, a one foot, one foot, one foot, one foot, a one foot lead with love. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Don't give up hope. Don't give up hope. You're not alone. You're not alone. Don't you give up. Don't you give up. Keep moving on. Keep moving on. You gotta put one foot in front of the
other and lead with love. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Don't you despair. Don't you despair. Look up ahead. Look up ahead. The path is there. The path is there. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. One foot in front of the other and lead with love. You gotta put one foot in front of the other and lead with love. One foot in front of the other and lead with love and lead with love and lead with love. A few uh, brief reminders as we close. Uh, if you're new to our community, please send an email to our membership coordinator, Maceo Thomas, and introduce yourself. And to reach the virtual coffee hour, point your browser to tiny.cc slash westcoffeehour. Now I invite you to join me in our closing words for the month. Let us go into the week ahead with compassion, understanding, and commitment setting intentions to bring out the best for our hearts and for our quest for a better world. Thank you for being here for Virtual Platform. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.